The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 44. This is our fourth episode in the Path to Enlightenment series. I have had lots of feedback from those of you who are close to me in my life personally about this series, about learning the different personalities and enjoying learning the different tools available to you as different people for enlightenment. And um, I just have a few notes that uh, this is a reminder that this is just the high level for different personality types. And today we're going to do the high level for the S's, the steadfast among us. These are the salt of the earth, the loyal people in your life, the people that you want as friends. Now keep in mind that you all of us have little bits and pieces of this in these personalities in our makeup. And this is just another one of those pieces that you may have. And hopefully you'll continue to learn and let's keep on going. Alright, here we are as we continue our journey towards enlightenment as a community, hopefully. And uh, I do really uh, hope you enjoy these episodes. For me, discussing the different personality types is one of my favorite things to do. It's just so nice to be able to understand the people in your lives. I mean, what is the human experience if it's not relationships. Sure, the guy on the island who has no relationships may not need to know some of this stuff, but uh, even even how we relate to ourselves can be it's it can be highly useful to understand the things that make you tick, the things that make you value a way to say something versus a different way to say something, a decision to make versus a, a non-decision, and so on and so forth. So If you've never studied personality types or different assessments of this type, you may find that this is kind of, uh, I don't know, it can can be really easy to uh, get into the DISC personality or any personality profiles and start labeling everybody in your life and labeling yourself and, oh, this is me, this is that person. And um, some of the feedback that I've gotten already from this series, uh, it is, let me just encourage you to hold on for what will be, it's two episodes from now, so it'll be episode number six. Because what I'm finding in the feedback is that a lot of you are seeing a piece of yourself, let's say you're, you're a D and you're a dominant and, and some of the things I've said you really resonate with and then a few other things you're like, well, I would never do that, so he must be wrong. Here's the deal. Or with the I's or the S's or the C's next week, like, Here's the, it's, it's not about me being wrong. This is, I'm not making this stuff up. This is coming from years and years and years of sociological, psychological, and scientific study. What I'm giving you is the overviews of the high D, the high I, the high S, and the high C. If you aren't a high D, but you have, you know, let's say D is number two for you, or even if it's number one, but you have a really high something else, then there, of course, there's going to be certain things that I say that are not uh, indicative of your behavior. 
But if you find another high D, let's say you're a DS, like uh, like Ron Hale, who you guys have met on this podcast. You know, Ron's that got a lot of qualities inside of his personality where he cares a lot about people's feelings. He cares a lot about, and you'll you'll hear today when we go over the S's, that uh, there's a lot of uh, people-centric uh, decisions and emotions and feelings and perspectives. And D's, it's more task-centric. It's fast-paced. It's get stuff done and bowl people over type of thing. And so Ron, you know, is a great example of someone who's got certain D personalities, but his S tempers it. I'm a CI. So, and I use Ron and I specifically because we're the only, myself and him are the only two people I know that are basically have inverted personality traits in this, in these quadrants. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of you out there like, like us, but it's a good example to see, you know, Ron can be very dominant, but he's also people centric. And so half of what I say about D's doesn't apply to Ron. And half of what I say about S's won't apply to Ron. Um, and same with C's and I's. A lot of the stuff I said last week totally resonates with me. And some of the stuff doesn't. And you get somebody else who's also a CI or maybe they're an IC. And it's going to be reversed. And so this, the point is, is I'm not trying to give you formulas. I'm not trying to put you in boxes. I'm certainly not trying to put your, your neighbors and your friends and family members in boxes either. And you probably shouldn't. <laughs> You probably shouldn't do it either because nobody likes to be boxed in. Everybody wants to feel special, unique, different. Like it's kind of one of those things when you take these tests, it's a bit scary because like, oh my gosh, am I really that predictable? Well, yeah, you are. And yeah, you're really not that special in that sense. Like there's 8 billion people on the planet or well, 7.7 and, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who view things the way you do and everything. But nobody grew up in the town you grew up in, in the family you grew up in, and went to the school that you went. Like, you are the only you. So I'm not saying that you're not special in that sense. You are unique. You are an individual expression of God himself, and you are walking through this earth in a way that God has never walked through this this experience before. So... The uniqueness and individuality is a thing. But when it comes to personalities, you'll see in uh, week six, I'm going to go over, or episode six of this series, that uh, there's really only, at least when you use the DISC personality profile, there's really only 16 classical profiles. That's basic math. There's four, you know, D-I-S-C, and then they can go in different orders. So you just do four times four. There's 16 different classical profiles by which, uh, you know, the human race can be divided and, and classified, and uh, these are fairly predictable. So this is, again, I'm going over the high level, like there are four of those 16 are really high D and very little of the other three, really high I and very little of the other three. That's what I'm doing. I'm going over the high D, high I, high S, because while there are some of us that it is exactly who we are, most of us have a blend and this is just to highlight those high-level people uh, serve as a highlight for kind of the the major traits that these different quadrants carry. So as we get into this, I'm going to go over some some more, you know, the same kind of format I've been going over the last two weeks. We're going to talk about the steadfasts amongst us. But as I do, just remember, you know, if you have a lot of S in you, it doesn't mean everything I'm saying is exactly how you are. And it doesn't mean everything I'm saying is exactly how your husband is, or your wife, or your children, or your parents, or your best friend. Like, don't box people in, 
understand them and use these use these episodes as a way to mature your understanding of what somebody needs from you. Um, which again, I'm I'm going to try to tie all this together in episode six. So just hold fast. If you don't like what I said about your personality type, just wait. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to kind of bring it all together in episode six. And then after that, we're going to move into some tools and um, continue uh, diving into the practicalities of enlightenment itself, because these four episodes are a lot about personalities. Uh, But the goal of this series is enlightenment. So on to our S's, our steadfast. So as a refresher, you have the DISC personality um, system. D stands for dominant. I stands for influencer. S stands for steadfast. And next week we'll go over the C's, which stand for conscientious. It makes the acronym of DISC. Uh, dominants are exactly what the name sounds like. The influencers are the life of the party tiggers amongst us. They want to have fun. And the steadfasts are your best friend. The steadfasts are your loyal. They're, I love how Danny Silk says it in his uh, Know Yourself, Know Your Team. They're the person that you call at 3 a.m. in the morning and they will answer the phone. And they'll go, hello? You say, hey, I know. Did, did I wake you? And they'll go, no. I was. I needed to get up anyway. Right? Because steadfast don't ever want to upset you. They don't want to upset the relationship and the balance and they, they genuinely care about people. And yeah, you call them at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's the friend that you know is going to answer and the one that's going to be like, no, no, it's not a bother at all. What can I do for you? <laughs> Whereas a D is like, not even, well, D may not even answer the phone. If they do, they'll be like, what the hell are you calling about at 3 a.m. in the morning? Oh, man. So the uh, overview of the steadfast, uh, their emphasis is on cooperating with others within existing circumstances to carry out tasks or to, to get the job done. So in contrast to the D's and the I's, we're going to start seeing some, um, the D's and I's are fast paced and they are, they view themselves as more powerful than their environment, right? So the D's and the I's want to change the world around them. They want to change the environment around them. And so their emphasis is on changing the environment. An S and a C, their actually emphasis are more on adapting to an environment. So again, Emphasis on cooperating with others within existing circumstances to carry out a task. So the S's are not the ones commenting on how stupid the scenario is. They're the ones trying to figure out how to do what is being asked of them, how to uh, make room for everybody at the table. The S's are the ones, um, some of my you know favorite experiences with S's, uh, and this actually goes for Ron and Kaylee. Both of them have a lot of S in their personality. Uh, you know, I, it's very low for me. So I often forget or kind of gloss over people in the room who aren't being fully present. Um, not because I don't care or not because I'm not interested in what they have to say, but if they don't have anything to say, I'm not going to stop and make, you know, make them talk. I have learned a lot of eyes try to make other people talk like, Oh, I know what's good for you. You need to open your mouth right now. No, a lot of S's don't want to open their mouth. And so I've learned some of that and it's become a strength of mine to uh, let the S's be quiet and steadfast. But at the same time, I can easily just kind of ignore them for weeks, 
I've done business projects with people and it's been, you know, we'll go meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting and the yeses don't feel like they have a say because I don't kind of stop and make sure that they have a say. And the other S's who know me, they know my heart, they know that I'm not trying to ignore people, i.e. Ron and Kaylee, have called me aside and said, hey, Austin, just so you know, like, this person is being left in the dust, right? This person, because they care, S's care about who's in the room and not being honored or who's not in the room and should be, right? They're, they're constantly thinking about the people in their lives and the people in the scenario because they want to cooperate with others using existing circumstances to achieve tasks and to move people forward. They want to connect and move a group of people forward. So they're always the ones thinking about the people who aren't in the room or the people who aren't in the discussion. They're the, always the ones trying to soften their criticism of somebody who may not be in the discussion or whatever. And the high S's especially, especially will, uh, you want them on your team when it comes to being uh, sensitive to the modern and en- political environment. In some ways it's S's gone, ar- gone amok in, you know, everyone can get offended and therefore nobody should be offended. And therefore, you know, D's are pulling their hair out because they can't be honest. And S's, are, you know, watching everybody get offended. And it's, and it's, you know, obviously each one of these has a negative manifestation of that. But uh, so the driver for the S's is, as I said, their need for connection, right? They want relationships. They want people, if they're going, the S's, while they're a bit more introverted, they're not quite, they can be more introverted, right? Because they're more about adapting to the environment and flowing with, you know, if you if you push a D, expect to get pushed back. If you push an S, they're going to apologize for being in your way, right? So it can be perceived, especially by Ds and Is, that Ss are introverts and quiet and, and don't need to talk. And the reality is, is that they're, they're just looking to adapt and they're listening and, and continuing to find their place in the discussion because they need, they want to stay connected, They want to stay connected to all the people involved. They want to stay connected to the relationships and they will allow themselves to the point to become a doormat so that they can maintain connection and we'll get there. Well, that's, that's the, now we can jump to the, so the driver is a need for connection. The lies, the common lie that the S's tell themselves or the one that kind of gets them in, you know, gets them in trouble is their fear of conflict, right? They don't want to upset people. And here's what happens with an S because they don't want conflict, because they don't want to upset people, they'll often not tell the truth about how they really feel. They'll often hold it in because, well, if I tell you what I really think of you, then you're going to be mad at me. And I just would rather just take it. And obviously, long term, short term, that can be actually pretty healthy. I, I, I think a lot of us could use a little bit more, you know, in our culture where we want authenticity and we want people to be raw and vulnerable we are also kind of giving people license to be a bunch of babies and just say the first thing that comes to their mind because you pissed me off. And I think there's a, a value to having a filter, to having that delayed, like, yeah, I'm mad right now. Uh, one of the principles that I like to live by is the three-day principle that there's so many little things that people can say and do to you that... Uh, if you were just no filter, I'm going to be honest and everything, you know, radical honesty, high D's, you know, um, I'm going to tell you what you just said, just pissed me off and made me, you know, whatever. And the reality is, is that so many of those things, do, do you even remember it three days later? Right? How many, you know, when you're, 
when your spouse says some snide remark about the food, the dinner, or something that you said to their, their mother, your mother-in-law or whatever, like that's fine. Okay. So an S will let that stuff fester and fester and fester. But I do think there is a measure of, this is kind of a side note, but give it the, my three day principle is if it still bothers me three days later, then I will say something, right? Cause that's when you know it wasn't just a moment but half the stuff that you find that bothers you, you don't even remember it three days later. You've moved on and it wasn't a big deal. The problem is that S's will have it three years later and three decades later, and they'll still won't say anything because they don't want to upset the person in their life. Um, so that is their common line. Their powerless emotion, this is... <laughs> the powerless emotion for S's is actually to be unemotional. Right? They literally become... Their <laughs> As Danny Silk says, the muscles in their face stop working, right? And you could be in that imaginary plane crash that I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, you know, and the the eye is saying, oh, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be, you know, and the D is the first one to speak up and is going to take charge. And the S is like, nope, I'm fine. No, it's it's okay. I'm not worried about it. And uh, again, how Danny Silk talks about, you know, you can ask an S, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing now? I'm terrified. How are you doing now? I'm excited. <laughs> My wife has a quite a bit of uh, steadfast S in her as well. And uh, it's been a joke uh, a few months ago. We kind of started joking about her excited face because we were you know, learning a bunch of stuff spiritually. And she was pretty excited for some changes that were taking place in her life. But her excited face was the same as her sad face and the same as her mad face. <laughs> so the, uh, the powerless emotion with S's largely is to almost appear unemotional, like Spock, where it's just, okay, this is what we're doing now. Because, why? Largely because they're wanting to learn how to adapt to their environment. And if they don't have power, they become the ultimate observers. Of they just watch everybody. They're the ones standing in the corner at prom night without a date, afraid to dance, and they're just standing there looking at the whole room, watching, waiting to figure out where they can fit in. The greatest fear for S's is the loss of connection or the loss of relationships. Um, S's, again, they would rather be a doormat. They would rather not be honest. They would rather do everything in their power to not upset the, the, the relational dynamics um, because their ultimate fear is losing relationship or losing connection. They are on the deliberate side of the quadrants. So going over the different quadrants where you have the, you know, the DISC circles and it's, you know, you've got your top half of the circle, lower half of the circle, right half and left half. Uh, they are on the lower half of the circle when it comes to the speed at which they like to move, they are more deliberate. You know, D's and I's might say they're slow. Uh, C's and S's would say they're deliberate. They are on the right side of the quadrant, which is uh, a lot more about it's people-oriented versus task-oriented. So remember last week we talked about the I's. They are also people-oriented. So uh, S's and I's are people-oriented. They are more concerned about working with people than they are getting stuff done. And uh, S's are one of their best traits. I would say their strongest trait. You know, D's is leadership. Uh, I's is influence. And S's 
is the ability to adapt and um, accept you, right? They, they're accepting of they're accepting of people and their failures. They're accepting of scenarios. They can adapt. They're the ones that when you get trapped on a private when you get private island when you get trapped on a, on a desert island, they're the ones probably going to be one of the first ones to start to try to make it home. You know, because they're adapting and they're not trying to fix any problems. They're accepting what is. And we'll really get into that when we get into the the power of now, which is the tool that I recommend for S's who want to find enlightenment. Now, one of the big things is that they do view their environment as more powerful than them. So remember, the D's and the I's, they're here to change the world. They're here to change what's going on in the room, to change what's going on in the company. Whereas an S is there to adapt to what is. Their, the environment is more powerful than them, quote unquote. But the reality is, is that they're not concerned about being more powerful than the environment. So they're not here to make waves. They're here to help. They're not here to change the what's in the room. They're here to find their place in the room. And then, uh, you know, S's are largely the glue in, in our world, the relational glue in our world. And uh, they're <laughs> one of my favorite parts about S's that I think we've all dealt with is when you ask them something like, where do you want to go to eat? And they say, I don't care. And you go, no, no, seriously, where do you want to go eat? No, I don't care. And D's are going nuts because, of course, everyone has an opinion. Of course you have to. No, D's, S's really don't care. Like, they really don't. Whether it's Mexican food or Italian, they don't care. It's very, very difficult, especially for D's. Uh, and C's to understand that it hasn't been calculated and known and decision, you know, uh, S's thrive on uncertainty. They thrive on going with the flow. They are, they are the ones that, that if you say, let's go to Mexican food. Okay. Let's go to Italian food. Okay. Let's go get some Asian food. Okay. Right. They don't care. They'll find something they like on the menu. They'll deal with it. Even if they don't like Asian food and they don't order anything, they'll order water and they'll be like, no, I'll just get something later. And you're like, why didn't you speak up? You should, <laughs> we could have gone for Mexican food. I know you love Mexican food. No, that's fine. I know you like Asian food. That's fine. Like genuinely, high, high S's don't care. Um, now remember, this is high S's. No, this is not if you half S or whatever. It's just genuinely a, a thing. And so let them be okay. Let, honor them. That's one of the, I think one of the best ways you can honor an S is let them not care. Like I'm speaking to myself right now because I'm a C, I'm, I'm quite calculated and I often kind of demand an opinion from S's that they don't have and it just makes them feel like they're not good enough or something. So if they don't care, it's okay. Just let them not care about what we're going to do because they're there to, they're there for you. They're there to be around you and whatever you're doing, they're cool with. Whether you're mowing the lawn or watching a movie, they just want the connection. Now, moving into what I believe is the best tool that I've found for S personalities, uh, which, so remember, kind of some review. For the D's, it was Radical Honesty with Dr. Brad Blanton. For the uh, I's, it was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And for the S's, I believe The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I think it's Tolle or Eckhart Tolle. It's, uh, his last name is spelled T-O-L-L-E. So Eckhart Tolle 
uh, wrote The Power of Now, and his story is uh, one he basically got to the point of wanting to kill himself, and he told himself that I can't live with myself another day. And when he said that sentence in his head, I can't live with myself, he realized there was two of him. And he essentially discovered through his own journey the difference between the true self and your ego. And uh, he wrote a book, and he's got a great, great community of people around around the power of now. And I highly, highly recommend it. If you, if you are, uh, honestly, any of these tools I think are, avail- are good for everyone. But if you're a high S, the power of now is going to be right up your alley. Um, what it, for, so some of the pros of the power of now for an S, its major, major focus is on letting life happen, right? The power of now, it kind of, it, it majors on this reality that life is about experience and experience is always about the now. And so obsessing about the past or obsessing about the future is futility. It's a fool's errand and it is where all unhappiness comes from. But if you focus on the now, then even in negative scenarios, its focus is on something that S's do very well, which is adapting. They're not trying to change the environment. So the power of now is literally a way of of seeking enlightenment that, that doesn't seek to change the environment much, if any. It's a full acceptance of the environment. And S's, again, that is one of the major strengths they have is accepting slash adapting. So that is, you know, it's another pro for S's when it comes to the power of now. And this is a very deliberate and internal process. So the power of now isn't about changing your life in five simple steps, you know, that the eyes need. It's not about changing the life very powerfully. It's actually, and the and the title of this pod, this particular episode is The Peaceful Path to Enlightenment, because the S's want peace. And so it is a very deliberate, and I'm not going to say slow, because that's definitely not the right energy. It is a very deliberate path to enlightenment. And it's very internal. It's not about trying to change everyone around you. Radical honesty, in many ways, it's not about trying to change everyone around you, but it's definitely about making sure that others around you know you're present. You know, here, let me tell you my truth. Let me tell you the truth about what I think about you or think about us or this. And the S's, it's, it's much more about observing, going inward, and dealing with your stuff. And uh, I would say the last pro for the power of now for S's, it is the closest of these four um, it's the closest kind of definition of enlightenment to the traditional definition of enlightenment that we're all aware of. You know, the the Buddhist monks and the um, and the nothing bothers you. Remember the opening episode? I explained that enlightenment is about finding heaven on earth and being able to transcend the the human experience and and enter into all the things that we are. And this is very much about finding heaven on earth because the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. So the power of now of the four tools, I think, is the closest to the traditional definition that uh, we're all, we've all been told for all these years from the Eastern traditions of what enlightenment is. And uh, so S's in some ways have a leg up on finding enlightenment by the way that the world has defined it, because they're going to exhibit a lot of the personality traits that enlightened individuals value. 
I think that's going to change over time, by the way. I think the definition of enlightenment is going to find its way around these different personality types. And um, I don't know. I, I may end up writing a book on this because I do think it's it's important to know who you are and what enlightenment looks like for your personality. Because we're not all supposed to look like Eckhart Tolle. We're not all supposed to look like Jesus. We're all supposed to look like enlightened versions of ourselves. And unless we're all supposed to be vanilla and nothing ever happens and we're all just observing the now then we're going to need some world changers and some people, you know, people influencers, and we're going to need some adapters, and we're going to need these different personalities. Yet, with what humanity has been handed to this point um, about what, you know, enlightenment, quote unquote, really is, I think S's have kind of the advantage right out of the gate because their personalities are the closest to what Eastern traditions have kind of passed on as what enlightenment is. So the cons of the power of now concept, especially for S's. um, So the power of now and how he teaches it, it requires vigilant awareness of what's actually going on inside of you and how you actually feel. And why I say this is a con for S's is because remember I talked about how S's don't want to upset anything. So they've often learned how to ignore their own feelings. Let me say it again. S's don't want to upset you. They don't want to upset the world around them. And by the time they become 20 years old and they've gone through high school and maybe some college, they have learned how to ignore what's really going on inside of them. If you're an S, there's a really good chance that you've got some high level offenses and hurt that you have learned how to ignore. Because you don't want to offend and upset the relationship that you have with those people. And so the power of now doesn't, it, it won't let you do that. And here's what I mean. It, you, in order to be in the now, you have to be aware of what you're really experiencing right now. And awareness is a skill that I think a lot of S's overlook. Um, they can be aware of other people. They can be aware, you know, uh, one of the most aware people I know is Kaylee. So she is highly aware of the people around her, but we've talked and some of her internal awareness has needed a lot of work because she's learned, uh, through her upbringing and through growing up in church, how to be aware of what other people need and the love languages and all that stuff. She's so people oriented, but the moment she goes inside there hat was previously, quite a few layers of buried crap. And I think she would absolutely attest to this, that, uh, you know, she had learned how to become unaware of what, of herself. So, so aware of everyone else at the expense of being aware of yourself. And that is a challenge with the power of now that if you are a high S, it's going to make you look inside. Um, and it's going to make you look inside in a way that might scare you because you have to be honest about, the things that people have done to you and people, things that said to you and, and, and with yourself. Another con with the power of now, um, so pros and cons, then we get into the trap, but one, a con with the power of now is it can masquerade as peace when it's actually just disconnection. Remember the whole, you know, the, the powerless fear or the powerless uh, emotion when with S's is to just get unemotional. Well, I think a lot of modern teaching on enlightenment has kind of given us the impression that if you're truly enlightened, you're don't, you're not emotional, right? Nothing bothers, nothing makes you angry. Nothing makes you happy. 
Nothing makes you sad or afraid. You're just at peace. Well, that's kind of accurate, but Jesus cleared the temple with righteous anger. Jesus was the happiest, the scripture says he was the happiest man alive, uh, with joy, anointed with joy above his brethren. And the the passion and the compassion, Jesus was emotional. He had he was moved by his emotions regularly. And there is this modern definition of enlightenment that is disconnection. And so the power of now, while beautiful, can masquerade as peace when actually you're just disconnected and wounded, right? When you're just so dead, when life is killed, like literally just destroyed you, <laughs> that you've gone, you know what, I'm just not going to care. I'm not going to care about where I go to eat. I'm not going to care about who's what's going on in the world. I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just at peace. No, the reality is that you're disconnected and you're, it's masquerading as peace. And so that is only something that you, as an S, can know the truth of. And then we go back to that other con, which is that internal awareness needs to be highly, uh, highly uh, practiced. It needs to be matured inside of you as that internal awareness. So the trap, so again, each one of these has a trap. The trap for, I want to kind of do a little review here. The trap with the radical honesty is the, the idea that if you let all of your honesty out um, and letting go of negative energies via honesty is the illusion that <laughs> you're healthy. Well, if you tell everybody you're pissed off, that doesn't mean you're healthy, right? So the truth is, is that you should be able to transcend things that would need that kind of radical honesty. The trap for the eyes with the four agreements is the illusion that happiness is found outside of you, right? The truth is happiness is found inside of you. And now the trap for S's, for the steadfast among us with the power of now, is the idea that you can become so adaptive to what's going on around you and so at peace with the fact that there's nothing wrong in the world and everything is as it should be, that you actually set aside your divine creative power, right? Do you think that it's a problem that child sex trafficking is still a massive issue in our world, that the water crisis or that uh, there's so many people committing you know, suicide and uh, mental health and stress? I mean, like, do you think there's problems in the world? Well, of course, but if you're so enlightened that there's no problems at all, you end up becoming, you lay down your divine creative power. We weren't created to live in a world where it's all about solving problems. And so, believe me, I understand the value and the truth of accepting what is and not labeling it as a problem. At the same time, it is to be balanced with the fact that you are a divinely intelligent being. You are God's. And gods are here to create and to grow and to create change and improve the hellish experience we know as heaven or as hell and turn it into heaven. And so the trap for the power of now and for S's is that you become so adaptive that you lose all ambition to do anything good in the world and that you don't really care. And so it's, uh, it is one of those things that each one of these traps has a razor's edge where you can walk right on the edge of it in the most powerful way and then boom, right on, just on the other side of this piece for S's is complacency. Just on the other side of being accepting and adapting to the environment is being a doormat, 
right? So that is the potential trap. Now, the C's and the D's by and large are quote-unquote polar opposites, right? They're on the opposite ends of the quadrants. And unless you have an inverted personality like like myself or Ron Hale, um, there's going to be, you know, if you're a D and you're listening to this episode, talk about adapting to the environment and not wanting to upset people and, you know, the power of now, you're probably like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculously slow and useless. Well, it's okay, Ds, because S's listened to two weeks ago on the episodes on you guys and they were freaking out because they've been bulldozed by you a few times. So... The truth is that just like the power of now probably doesn't work for a D so much, radical honesty is probably not going to work if you're an S, and especially if you're a highest. And the reason is, is because radical honesty, um, and I've, I've read the book, I'm halfway through the book, my, my copy that came in from Amazon was really weird. It had like 50 pages missing and then like 50 repeat pages from earlier in the book in there. I don't know, it was weird. So I'm just now being able to finish radical honesty And he says multiple times in that book that uh, it will cause problems. It will ruin your life. If you're radically honest, people are afraid. Well, if I tell you the truth of what happened, you're going to be mad. Yes. Yes, they will. If I tell you the truth of what happened, you're going to leave me. Yeah, they probably will. If I tell you the truth of what happened, you're going to, you know, fire me. He might. She might. She might fire you. That's the truth of radical honesty. And so because of that, S's are not going to really enjoy that. It's not something that is probably going to be sustainable for you. You could try radical honesty and the first time you make somebody cry or make somebody really pissed off, you're going to get, you're not going to want to do that. And so... Uh, your better bet, instead of changing others around you and, and letting this honesty be the bull, you know, the bull in the china shop, is to go inside, become internally aware of what's going on with you, and find a way into the power of now. That that radical honesty is a bit too radical. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ds are going to love it. And here's the thing. If, you're, if, if you are a D and you have an S in your life, and you listen to the episode on Radical Honesty, you're going to buy the book. Actually, uh, this person will remain nameless, but I know somebody who listens to this podcast who bought the book on Radical Honesty and commented to me that they're kind of, they're a little bit scared of what about the book is going to tell them to do. And they are high D. And I'm speaking to you. You know who you are. Don't buy the book and then do everything that that book tells you to with an S in your life who isn't interested in radical honesty, they're interested in maintaining connection. In the book Radical Honesty, uh, the author talks regularly about finding a community of people who will do this with you. This is not a license to go be honest with everyone in your life because honestly, people can't handle it. So if you are a D with an S in your life, don't bulldoze them with radical honesty. And if you're an S with a D in your life, maybe stretch a bit and realize that you need to be more honest with them and that they actually like it, right? If you push a D and you say, hey, what you said really pissed me off or the way you do this with, you know, what your opinion is about this politic or this spiritual thing or whatever makes me mad and I actually think less of you because of it and you're radically honest with a D, you might be shocked out of your mind how much closer you get to that person because they like it. 
But again, D's don't bulldoze your S's with radical honesty because they don't like it. They don't like that, uh, the potential for disconnection and it creates so much anxiety in an S to feel like they're going to hurt your feelings or that your connection is severed. So, and S's can take radical honesty more, much more than they can give it. Because if an S perceives that you need to be honest with them in order to maintain connection, then they'll endure it. But an S will rarely, if ever, perceive that they need to be honest with you in order to maintain connection. That's very difficult for them. That's a very difficult pill for them to swallow that you want to know what they really think. And S's, yes. D's and I's and C's, they all care more about what you think than you do. (laughs) Because you don't want to upset them and they want a little bit more forthrightness from you. But again, this is about finding a sustainable path to enlightenment and radical honesty is probably not sustainable for you. You should try it once in a while, but the real sustainable path for S's is the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, and uh, finding that uh, a higher way to adapt to the world around you in the moment through the power of now. So, all right, that is the a path to enlightenment for steadfast personalities. Next week, we're going to go over the conscientious C personalities. That is me. And uh, I'm so excited because I'm, it's going to be twice as long as all the others because it's going to have all the data that I've ever gathered for C. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so C's are your data, get it right, thinkers amongst us. And um, we'll go over that. And then uh, the episode after that, I'm going to try to tie it all together kind of go through how personalities can interplay with each other, give some examples and some stories I know of uh, that, that will hopefully be helpful for you. And uh, before you go off and making all these judgments about people in your lives and yourselves, continue, at least listen through that episode. Because again, this is, it's really easy to get to this point in the process. And you know it'll be a, over a month by the time I get to kind of wrap it up in one big conversation. And uh, it can, you can easily start labeling and boxing yourself and other people. And there's plenty of tools of the trade and there's plenty of uh, nuance to how these personalities work and interplay with each other and how people actually work. Because very few people are this cut and dry when it comes to being a high D or a high I or a high S or a high C. Very few people comparatively uh, are that easily defined. So... And in two weeks, I'm going to do my best to kind of unpack that and how, how people really work together and how we are really made up. So uh, anyways, I hope you have enjoyed the episode. I hope you're enjoying this series. I uh, cannot recommend these tools to you highly enough. There is a reason that I have picked the ones I have for the different personality profiles. If you're a D, radical honesty is probably sustainable for you and is and it will absolutely ruin your life and change your life. If you're an I, you know, the five agreements are also sustainable for you and they will absolutely ruin your life and change your life. And if you're an S, the power of now is absolutely sustainable for you and it will ruin your life and change your life. So again, we all want to grow and mature. And I think there's enough uh, unhappiness and pain in this world that uh, it's kind of goes without saying that we 
still have a lot of growth and changing to do. So until we all look, walk, talk, and act like Jesus himself, I think uh, ruining our lives and changing our lives is probably a good idea (laughs) because they're not working. So thank you for your time. Thank you as always for, you know, this is, uh, these episodes are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. And I know, uh, I know it, it means a lot to me that you give you give me your time. If you would also consider donating, um, you know, have some extra expenses the last few months that were unexpected and uh, could always use a little extra help. So if you would talk to Spirit about that, and uh, I always, even just asking, even if you don't give anything, just asking Spirit if you can is or should is uh, something that I, I, that is where my genuine thanks is. Whatever Spirit tells you to do, you should do that. Um, I'm just, just ask. And that's all I ask you to do is ask. So, uh, anyway, the rest of the NAC, uh, project, the website is, uh, has been on pause for a bit. I've had to go back to work, uh, part-time as a stonemason to continue to pay for the bills. So again, if you, uh, want to help get NAC more prolific in what we have to say, uh, consider donating. Otherwise, uh, I will uh, continue to get these podcasts out and do what I can to get the website up. And uh, hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next episode. God bless. Have a good week. And let's all keep finding our way to enlightenment. <laughs>